Well, folks, this is episode 50 of Arrow Chapter and Verse. This is the one in which I promised my wife I would start posting these online. So I now have to figure out how to do that. Uh, so uh, coming soon to a theater near you, I guess. I, You know, I've been talking, well, really at you this whole time, and you are a ghost audience uh, until this point. So I'm a little nervous about actually posting these. Um, well, but, um, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to. All right. So, Arrow, Chapter, and Verse. We're talking about The Flash, Season 3, Episode 11, Dead or Alive. Uh, this is the one which the uh, the bounty hunter from The the Stinger in, in the last episode actually comes for HR. Now, uh, at the beginning, there is a, a scene which HR is, is narrating. Uh, the Flash is uh, accosting some folks who are dealing in futuristic weapons, weapons even the army doesn't have yet. Um, and then HR shows up with a vortex cannon and says, now I have a vortex cannon, ho, 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 because there's a bunch of Christmas uh, talk back and forth. Um, we, we see that this is just HR's narration. Uh, he is actually in Star Labs, and Flash and Kid Flash are basically chasing guys with these weapons. The... The Electric Gang, or something like that? That's what they're called. Uh, they take him out easily. Kid Flash gets to pose with some uh, attractive cheerleaders, and then they, they head back to um, Star Labs. Uh, there's some discussion about these arms dealers. Uh, Iris is working on a story um, ab about the arms dealers. She asks Barry for information. Barry's like, hey, maybe you know you should let the cops handle this, let this one go. And she's like, I'm still a reporter. I've still got to report, right? Um, I just want to point out that we are facing similar issues in three of the shows right now. Arrow, we have Curtis trying to determine whether he's cut out for this kind of work. Supergirl, we have Supergirl being upset that Jimmy, who doesn't have powers, is out there on the streets every night. It's hard for me to call him James. It really is. He's been Jimmy Olsen my whole life. I did, okay, James is, is out on the street uh, with without powers, and now Barry is worried that Iris, of course, is uh, taking on too much because uh, she, um, you know, she doesn't have powers. She's a, a reporter. She she's not even a vigilante. She's out there. So it's it's we've got sort of this going on. I mean, if you want to add in mix. This internal uh, struggle over whether or not he should be on the on the uh, the legends team. That's that's sort of related, but it's not quite the same thing. So anyway, we've we've basically cut similar uh, subplots in in three of these shows. But uh, after that, we cut to CC Jitters, which is, I mean, it is the central perk of of this show. We keep going back to CC Jitters, even though Iris no longer works there. Uh, and it seems like they just, they have to put it in some episodes. They're like, nope, we haven't been to Jitters in a while. Here's Jitters. Anyway. We, um, we see the mysterious bounty hunter uh, appear and find a coin. And, oh, she, she vibes on a coin. So she sees HR. And... Then uh, she, while they're trying to figure out who she is, she shows up at Star Labs. Cisco is instantly smitten by her through a camera, which is which is interesting to see. And then she arrives in the um, 
the, uh, one of the central rooms at Star Labs. And we find out, and I'm going to apologize right now. Uh, she has a name that is considered an ethnic slur these days. Uh, I'm going to uh, uh, say it once. Uh, I apologize for saying it. DC Car- DC Comics named her this. Uh, I don't know. I think she was she was part of I think Justice League Detroit with the original vibe uh, back in the late seventies, early eighties when uh, John Jones was running the show. Um, the her code name is Gypsy. All right. Uh, in the comics, she could camouflage herself. That was her big thing. She could camouflage herself, which is it's the kind of power where it's like maybe active superhero-dom isn't your thing. Maybe, perhaps, you want to be a spy or something like that. But, you know, that was her power. In this universe, she and Cisco have the same power set. They both have vibe powers. Um, and that's what she does. She shows up, she vibes her way in, she does the in-universe teleportation to get inside the lab. Uh, Wally challenges her, and she basically vibrates in such a way that he is stopped, uh, which is something Cisco says he's going to have to learn how to do, which would be great because then he could, if he wanted to stop, say, Savitar. Um, her vibe is red. Uh, Cisco's vibe is blue. We haven't really discussed that, but we, you know, in order to differentiate between them, one's got the red, one's got the blue. She, so, she sh- shows up for HR. She gives him an hour to... Uh, basically get his things together. It seems like a very long hour. Barry goes to talk to Iris about what's going on. Iris then has time to come to Star Labs and tell Wally that she wants him to work with her on this whole uh, arms dealer thing. Uh, She says, remember in Flashpoint we were brother-sister crime-fighting team, let's do this, and he agrees. Uh, Then uh, the bounty hunter shows up for HR, uh, HR reveals, as he is on the point of leaving, essentially, that um, the penalty for interdimensional travel, which was... Let, let, let's go through this. He's from Earth-19, as I recall. Another Earth from parallel reality tried to invade them through a breach, and then Earth-19 said, no unauthorized interdimensional travel ever if you break that rule the penalty is death. And in order to enforce this rule, we're going to have a group of bounty hunters called the Collectors, and they are going to go through, they're going to use interdimensional travel to get you. And it seems like, look, if you want to have that penalty, fine. But perhaps creating other breaches to go enforce that penalty is somewhat counterproductive. Uh, Perhaps you should just say, okay, you, interdimensional travel is one way. If you leave, you cannot come back under penalty of death. If you arrive, you know, maybe you, maybe they do the death penalty to start with, which I think would be pretty harsh, especially if you didn't know what was going on and you were just, you know, idly traveling through dimensions. Uh, one of the reasons they know he's there is because he's been beaming, essentially, um, a self-insert uh, chapbook novel back to them, uh, which is sort of what he was writing at the at the top of the show, that scene we saw with him with the Vortex Cannon helping the Flash. Uh, so he's about to go with her. Uh, he also mentions something under his breath by trial by combat. Uh, 
Cisco challenges uh, the bounty hunter to trial by combat, and he has been, they have been flirting with each other from the moment they met. He's been going a little bit harder on it than she has, but she's definitely responding. Uh, there's a little bit of, well, you know, trial by combat's to the death, and Cisco's, of course I know that. <laughs> do you want the 24 hours to prepare? Yes, I do. So now they're going to try to prepare Cisco to be as good as the bounty hunter is. She's been doing this for a long time. She's a lot more um, experienced than he is. And of course, she's got that cool trick that she can stop speedsters, which he doesn't have. She's also more comfortable using the teleportation aspects of their power set. Uh, so he's got to work on that. And it's... They don't do a training montage. It would be a great time for one, but they don't do one. They do show scenes of him training, and all the scenes of him training are basically him not being able to control his abilities with the precision that the bounty hunter has, which makes sense. She's been doing this professionally for longer than Cisco has. Um, we also uh, have the scene uh, where uh, Barry and Joe uh, talk a little bit about Iris, uh, what's going on with Iris. Uh, Joe is concerned that something is going on with Iris. Um, he tries to get Barry to agree to stop her from uh, taking a look at this uh, arms dealer thing. Barry says that he already has. Uh, and again, they are keeping from Joe the fact that Barry has seen Iris's death um, three odd months in the future. Uh, Joe can tell that something's up, but he doesn't know what it is. Uh, we have another scene at the precinct where Iris has convinced Wally to steal Joe's file on these guys and take pictures. She distracts Joe by talking about Barry. Uh, she basically says, yeah, I want to get Barry a pet. The way the conversation starts off, Joe obviously thinks that she's going to be pregnant and is uh, very, like, he is not ready for that conversation. Uh, but their mission succeeds. Wally gets the information that she needs. And then she goes to the warehouse to uh, really work on the story, but also to confront the arms dealer. In fact, she sends Wally, she has Wally, she has Speedster backup, and she sends him away to see if there's a network of tunnels that this guy can slip through or whatever, while she goes into the warehouse and starts taking pictures of the guns, and the guy threatens her, and then she starts behaving like Jeff Bridges in Fearless. And I haven't seen that movie. He's a guy who survives a plane crash and then essentially loses all sense of self-preservation and assumes that he's invulnerable. All right? Um, so, like, he's allergic to strawberries and he starts eating strawberries and nothing happens to him because mind over matter, I guess. So Iris, in a similar fashion, like, the guy has the gun ready and she just walks up and puts her chest against the barrel of a gun the guy's super perplexed. He's about to pull the trigger when, of course, Wally shows up, disarms him, and clocks the guy. Uh, Joe is very upset by this because the DA has apparently set up a sting operation that's taken some months to assemble, and what happened was Iris was looking for a story, and uh, Wally was being Wally, and together they, you know, basically made all of that moot, which I, I have to imagine is not a great feeling, especially if you've been working on it for a while. Uh... Barry goes to talk to Iris. Basically, I think it's the conversation where they're like, should we tell Joe? Should we not tell Joe? And then it turns into, um, why are you behaving like this? And this, this part, there's a problem in this part with, for me. 
they're talking. Uh, Iris is like, I'm not afraid to die, but suppose I'm like my mom and I don't leave any mark. I don't leave anything behind. Uh, so Barry says, ah, you, she's left two things behind. She's left a, a, a wonderful, courageous son and the woman I love. And this is the problem for me. Wally gets described as wonderful and courageous, two qualities that are intrinsic to Wally. Iris is only valued as the woman that Barry loves, right? She has value to Barry, but she has no intrinsic quality, nothing that, like, uh, Wally has. And this is ridiculous because Iris has just gone out with a complete lack of self-regard and nothing but courage and bravado and fatalism to challenge an arms dealer. Uh, and it's, it's weak writing. It doesn't really uphold the thrust of the show, which is, you know, everybody with, that basically everybody with powers, uh, has something to offer. Uh, and that's one of the things they're, they're working on with the HR is that uh, the HR from Earth-19 doesn't have anything to offer in the same way that the t previous two Harrison Wells's did? Harrison's Wells? I don't know. Uh, the two, the last two HRs did. Um, but the the whole point is they're trying to they're trying to do this thing where everybody has a place everybody has something to offer everybody has a quality and it's usually bravery or courage or something along those lines that that makes them a hero and what we get for Iris is that Iris is the woman that Barry loves um yeah it's it's not great it's a problem um and we've seen hints of this before, uh, more than hints of this before, I should say, on Arrow, uh, but on Arrow, uh, women that Oliver loves tend to also become vigilantes, and I don't think we're going to see that with Iris, so I, I hope they, they give her other opportunities to grow into her own heroism, uh, and ease up on the you have value because Barry loves you uh, sort of thing that they've they've gotten this episode. Anyway, so I spent a while talking about that, but the next thing that happens is uh, that um, the bounty hunter has vibed Cisco her location, so she go they go to her location. Actually, you know what? Mm, I need to rewind a second. There is a scene where HR and Barry are worried about Cisco, so they go to try to get the drop on uh, the bounty hunter. It doesn't work. She's prepared for a speedster. Apparently, she... <sighs> yeah, reaction time is weird on this. Like, uh, honestly, the Flash should have gotten to her much more quickly than he did, but she manages to throw him into uh, a portal and cuff him, and then she takes HR's security against this fight she's going to have with Cisco. Uh, Cisco is like very upset about this because they've been telling him that they believe in him, and then they take these actions that show that they don't. And then Barry goes to talk to him, and they have a conversation about, you know, it's okay to be afraid. Uh, how do you deal with it, Barry? Well, I deal with it because uh, in I lean on you guys, and you can lean on us. It's like you've been in my corner, I'm going to be in your corner. And then Julian comes in and says, "Hey." Whenever she does her uh, breach and blast, is what they call it, she opens a portal, goes through it, comes out another portal and blasts someone from an unexpected angle. Whenever she does that, her feet leave the ground both before 
she goes into the breach and after she comes out of the other breach. So Cisco remembers this little tidbit. Back to the point where they're going to have the fight. They have the fight, and they are really flirt fighting. They're flirt fighting hard for two people who are supposed to fight each other to the death. Like, this isn't even some sort of a mock time thing where it's like two people who care about each other are being forced to fight to the death. This is like two people who really don't want to be fighting, if you know what I mean, are are forced to fight. So there's a lot of, like, I blast you, now I'm going to talk for a while, give you a chance to recover, you blast me. Now I'm going to talk for a while, give you a chance to recover, all that kind of thing. Uh, they they go through a number of different Earths, which is kind of cool. They end up on uh, Supergirl's Earth for a while, which I think is Earth 30-something, 30 32 maybe. Um, they fight in uh, James's office. Uh, Miss Tessmacher is there. Uh, we haven't seen her on Supergirl in a while, but she's, uh, she's there for a second in The Flash. Uh, they also end up on essentially something that looks like Mustafar, and I expected somebody to, you know, uh, make a pop culture reference about the high ground, but they, they didn't, which is weird, because both of them actually, uh, the um, bounty hunter says, let's turn things up to 11, so I guess on Earth-19 they also have Spinal Tap, uh, and Cisco being bemused by that reference, easily gets taken into a breach. But they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. She, they come back to Earth-1... She's about to do, she does the breach and blast, but before she does the blast, she's coming out of the breach, her feet are off the ground, Cisco knocks her down and vibes at her, and basically she can't vibe back because he's too vibey, I don't know, and she admits defeat, uh, they get to keep HR, and she says, well now you, you can kill me by the laws of Earth-19, and Cisco's like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, and then they, they go back, they talk, and the stratagem that they've come up with is that she is going to say that she killed H.R. Wells so it won't affect her record, so she won't uh, fail, and that means he can never go back to Earth-19, and he's right now okay with that, although I'm sure there's going to be an episode where he goes back to Earth-19 for something, because there's a scene, the, the goodbye scene between Cisco and the bounty hunter is basically they're about to kiss, and then she opens a breach and leaves, or she's pulled through a breach. That's not exactly clear. Um, so that's, I mean, that's that's the main plot. That's what's going on. Uh, so then we see Wally training, because he is he is constantly running um, in that little, that little tube that they've got for him to run in. And he's, that's not, that's track, I should say. It's an indoor track um, in basically a tunnel. Uh, so he's running around. He comes up to talk to Barry, and Barry's like, okay, here's the deal. I'm not going to save uh, Iris from Savitar. You are. The reason he says that is because Wally's speed curve is steeper than Barry's. Wally is getting faster um, more quickly than Barry is getting faster, so Barry is counting on Wally to reach the minimum amount of speed he would need to save Iris from Savitar stabbing her, because Savitar stabs her in slow motion and not in speedster motion. Anyway. Um, so that was the end of that episode. Uh, talked kind of a while on this one. I mean, I guess that's that's like, okay, episode 50, you get a somewhat longer episode. I mean, if I'd really wanted to make this special, maybe on episode 100 I'll have a guest or something like that who will come in and watch one episode of this and just be completely at sea, and then we can discuss it. Um, anyway... That is the end of another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're having a good day, and I will see you next time.